Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. Today's guest is Norm Chambers, which is really cool for me because Norm was one of the big three uh, for me as far as electronic musicians when I moved to Seattle about five years ago and, and was uh, trying to make my own electronic music and trying to play shows with interesting people. So yeah, it was Norm who performed under the name Panabrite at the time, and then there was Rika, a.k.a. Chloe Harris, and Jill Soul, a.k.a. Andy Reichel. And it's been really cool over the last uh, five, five or so years uh, to play shows with them and become friends with them. So it was really exciting to be able to sit down with Norm and talk about his process uh, live and recording and all of his releases and kind of his progression into modular. Um, he has a new album out called Idea Region. And uh, go to panabright.bandcamp.com to check that out. And he's got a bunch of other releases that I, I recommend all of them. Um, so yeah, super fun, super cool to get to talk to him, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But first up, today's episode is brought to you by the Ataraxic Ateritas from Noise Engineering. I also got a bunch of other cool gear recently, so I decided I would like to try to make a big patch with all of it, and I kind of I wanted to go percussive today, and I thought I would try to use the Ataraxic Ateritas in kind of more as more of like a drum module with a VCA. So. Of course, it didn't disappoint. What I love about the uh, Ataraxica Teratas is how like playable it is as far as live goes. It has, it has so many CV uh, options. I like to utilize a few of them and then uh, do the rest manually, like these bass and alto switches the LFSR and squared square two switches so those are a lot of fun and uh, of course I've got a Basimilis Ateritas in the rack so I wanted to see how well those two played together and of course of course they play well together So I recently got another oscilloscape from Recovery Effects, and it has become very apparent to me that two is the way to go. They're uh, they're pretty small and very affordable, so I highly recommend getting two of them. So there's two of them playing together. This is kind of in their um, more bass mode, but I'm going to bring them down into their percussive mode by turning these contour knobs down. And let's see how those sound with our Adorax Gateritas and our Similus Gateritas. And of course, I gotta run that Ataraxic Iteritas into the cutting room floor from Recovery Effects, so let's do that. Let's put some CV into that bad boy. So a nice, cool little percussive thing. And let's, uh, let's turn this down for a second. Another cool piece of gear I got recently is uh, it's a new pedal from Recovery Effects called the Phantom Operator. Now let's run uh, a beat from the Volca Beats by Korg. So here we go. Now what's really cool about the Phantom Operator are there are two modes on it. 
um, there's a uh, manual mode and then there's like a self-modulating mode. So this is the self-modulating mode. I mess with that speed. Pretty awesome. Um, and now we can do a manual mode. So now I'm messing with that filter knob. Um, yeah, I haven't messed with it with my guitar or bass yet, but that's that is coming up soon. And then um, some really cool news. If you would have told me this five years ago, my head would have exploded, but uh, I'm officially a, a Earthquaker Devices artist now, and that's that's pretty cool. Um, and their Afterneath pedal has been just instrumental in my setup for about five years, especially with this Volca beat. So let's bring that into the mix. It's like this ghostly reverb. And my favorite part about this thing is that there's this drag knob, and I'm gonna just start messing with that here. this pedal <laughs> all right so let's bring all of this together so we got the uh, ataraxic toss going into the cutting room floor and then we've got the basimilis toss and then our, of course our two oscilloscapes there's one and here's the second one And let's bring that vocal beats back into the mix. Go to noiseengineering.us to find out more information about the Basimilis Iteritas and the Ataraxic Iteritas, and go to earthquakerdevices.com to find out more about the Afterneath and their plethora of amazing pedals, and don't forget to check out recoveryeffects.com, and of course all of this is running into my two AI synthesis mixers that I built myself. Lots of fun. So go to aisynthesis.com for more information about that.
All right, we're going to get into our talk with Norm Chambers here in a second. I just want to uh, remind you that he has a new album out called Idea Region, and you can hear that below me right now. And you can also hear uh, the first track from that album uh, at the very beginning of this episode. So go to panabright.bandcamp.com to check that out. And um, one more thing, I want to thank all my Patreon subscribers. Uh, You guys are helping a lot. And um, if I can get five to ten more by 2019 five to ten more patreon subscribers i think uh, we can start the new year out with uh with some t-shirts and stickers and stuff so uh yeah we're almost there almost there so go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast if you would like to help out um let's get into this chat with norm i just like to hit record and start chatting so uh Thank you for having me over in your uh, in your studio. Yeah, thanks for coming. So you just released. I, I kind of want to talk about your new release. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went. I went to get the cassette, and it's already gone, and it's been out for not too long. Well, it's um, only a hundred copies. Yeah. So it's uh, one of those things. But it was just the small label in Japan, um, Muzan Editions. Um, they they put it out and about a month ago, and they sent me some copies and I kind of had pre-sold uh-huh. those and so I'm waiting for another box oh cool <laughs> to come so I'll have a few more but yeah nice <laughs> they did a great job though yeah yeah it, um this is the first release with this label uh yeah for me sure okay um because you've released I was going through your band camp and you have like dozens and dozens of releases yeah. since uh like 2012 um yeah earlier um, uh, 2009 is the first thing okay. for this kind of project. Um, yeah, and a lot of them are digital only. Uh-huh. You know, just it's, sometimes it's nice to get some stuff, just get it out there, you know, even if just to get it off your chest. Yeah. Clear your hard drive. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I have some things that I like that I never know what to do with. Uh-huh. And so sometimes I end up with enough of those to kind of have something. Yeah. Hopefully thematically it works, but, you know. Well, speaking of thematically, um, I was listening to uh, Idea Region, which is your new one, um, and it's, uh, it's very aquatic sounding. Like it hmm. seems it has like a a nice like a lot of like bubbly dripping oh, type, yeah. it, type stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's um, yeah, that's sort of like um, a couple of things like sampled thumb piano uh-huh. that I have that I you know ran through the morphogene. Uh-huh. Um, I love that sound. I love the, you know, the wet kind of percussive sounds, whether it's actual percussion and mallet percussion, uh-huh. you know, or just sounds that, you know, you can speed up and kind of tweak around, mm-hmm. you know, and get that effect. Um, but yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's sort of a thing I kind of <laughs> like, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, what, one thing I noticed about it, because I've listened to quite a few of your, um, your stuff. I have a few of your cassettes. I've got, is it Seed? S-E-C-E-D? Oh, yeah, yeah, Seed, yeah, yeah. Um, and That's kind of more of the, the synth pop yeah. stuff, you know, which is kind of like, you know, I like to do those things kind of separate, because my normal stuff's kind of more, a little more, I don't know, I don't, just a little more, a little more exploratory, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, but I also have a mind for like synth pop or whatever. Like, 
Yeah, I was surprised when I heard that for the first time. Like that opening track, it kind of has like that little like drum that drum beat coming in. Um, I don't know what that that drum machine sounds really familiar. Yeah, it's um, a CR seventy eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Roland. I have it. Yeah, in the house. It's great. Okay. It's, uh, I, I've used it on a lot of stuff, but also sparingly because it's kind of a, a it's an old preset. Well, you can program it. But uh -huh. The programmer on mine is broken, so <laughs> um, it's still great. You can do a lot with it. Yeah. Um, but so I bring that up and, and, and then with the new one and just kind of your whole catalog, you, 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 you definitely, there's a lot of variation in your sound, but it all sounds like you. Mm -hmm. And before we got set up and started recording, you were just saying how you like just got, uh, you just sold some stuff and you're, and you're switching stuff out. And I've been, I've been curious since I got into modular and like, I see pictures of your setup and everything like. How how often are you switching stuff out? Like I I've, I guess I've always pictured like you like having the setup that you have and just I don't I don't know why I've pictured that with your stuff, but I was like he seems uh, like he has his thing and do, he doesn't do the whole like get rid of and get new stuff and get no, rid of I, new stuff. No, I I don't like I have um, I think this kind of modular stuff is kind of easier to sell. It's so compact and small. And yeah, it's different. You know, like. I still have like hardware since like Roland Juno and Kumar yeah. Performer and Casio. They're all kind of <laughs> hidden around the house. But, um, you know, I used to kind of have this studio decked out with everything. But I, I don't really work well when I just have everything sitting around because it's kind of distracting and overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of, yeah, I mean, I still have equipment and I might, when I'm working on something, like take things out separately sort of so i could just focus uh -huh, and uh -huh. then try to combine everything in a way like at the end you know so sort of tie it all together okay in so, a way so i don't really like not use something you know i use you know this is the focus lately because you know it's the mobility and the the infinite uh possibilities mm -hmm. for with the modular um but yeah i mean i still love the other stuff too yeah so on on stuff like uh like idea region is it is it all modular or do you it's 90 percent this thing right here yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> like i was saying earlier like field recordings or uh -huh. things that i've recorded with the digital the zoom or whatever right and uh you know either manipulated straight you know or just uh represented straight forward or through like the morphogene or something to kind of give it a a more rhythmic angle okay. or something, you know. Okay. Did you have like an like an idea sonically or thematically growing into this album, or or do you work that way with albums? Or yeah, sure. I mean, sometimes that is the first thing uh -huh. that I think of is is an idea or a concept, although it can not really sound like that really. <laughs> but it's more of a a point to start from uh -huh. to maybe gain ideas with the images or sounds or whatever. And then, yeah, from that point it may go down a different path, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like I, with the new one, it's sort of like two, to me, like two different kind of things sort of butting up against each other. Two uh -huh. sounds like there's a very digital sound in some regards, like kind of colder, yeah digital like kind of um i guess ambience stuff and then more like of the analog like uh like rhythmic 
uh-huh. kind of stuff. So it's kind of weird in a way, but they they seem to kind of jam up next to each other in in a weird way. Like yeah, it kind of works. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it definitely it all sounds like the all the all the tracks sound like they belong together in a collection while being their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so so like when so when you're thinking about like uh like conceptually about going into it it's it's more it's more like just kind of sonically kind of do you do you think about like is it more like gear driven like when you're thinking about it or is it kind of more like how much how much of it is like a reflection of like just kind of your mood or what's been going on in your life or whatever um that doesn't really figure into it a lot it's usually a specific sound and a feeling um that i you know, might obsess over or just like, uh-huh. you know, and want to get out in a certain way, you know, certain tones, certain timbres that I like. Um, so, in the gear, I mean, I mean, I go kind of go to this these days, you know, naturally, and so I um, kind of naturally start working from scratch on on it on mm-hmm. the modular. Um, yeah, and then. It can go any direction. Like on the new one, there's a track with um, it's a vocoder. Uh huh. It's on a. It's the only track that's I'm playing keyboard on actually. Uh huh. And I'm just set the microphone up. It was recording the TV and my hands <laughs> tapping. Uh huh. Is really sensitive and so it's sort of. And then I recorded two two passings of that and then I sort of pit them like together uh-huh. simultaneously and so it's sort of like a conversation uh-huh. between the left and the right channel uh-huh. and so that's the only thing that's like played by hand mm-hmm. um but i think yeah everything else is is this essentially okay <laughs> <laughs> um so that actually is a perfect segue into something that i wanted to ask you um about your recording process is do you make a patch and then record it and and perform it a few times and that's the track or do you multi-track things oh i do both yeah i probably multi-track still quite a bit yeah um if if i'm having a jam and it sounds good as is and it captures the the feeling that i'm interested in Uh uh-huh and it doesn't need any embellishment or anything then i'll go with that and i've done that quite a bit and then um if you know, otherwise I tend to have, um, like parts in mind, you know, where mm-hmm. you think of parts Yeah. and I like to kind of do those individually. Yeah. Yeah. And so that way it can be cleaner. It can be more concise. Um, you know, makes editing easier. For I mean, sure. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not a purist with all live or whatever, you know, yeah. if, if it works, if the process works and that at that given time and then that's fine with me (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's kind of i i just um i just worked on something recently where it was like the first time i tried to flesh out a song multi-track multiple passes with the modular setup Mm -hmm. and it turned i mean it's it's it sounds like a song everything else i've recorded sounds like a patch that i was like this sounds cool and then i started recording it um but it's it's uh it's kind of hard to multi-track with with uh with modular but um i i don't know i I think that's the direction i want to go um but i think you're right if if you are grooving on something and it sounds good then yeah yeah i just that's all i've ever how i've worked instead of trying to 
complete a whole song or, or piece, you know, on this start to finish, which is impossible for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I kind of work on it as I go and then piece it together. Okay. You know, and that, and that to me, I think it affords you the ability to have more control, you know, mm -hmm. whether you're in editing or whatever. Um, because sometimes when I do a full patch recording with just one track, you know, invariably there's something really awful. Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to go in and fix it or whatever. And then, you know, I have a, f a few that I've done that way and it's been, worked out great. Like uh -huh. really good luck, but normally it's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you're multi-tracking then, like when you're multi-tracking a song with modular, how much, uh, like, like post-production stuff are you doing like in the box with plugins and whatnot? Is it, do you use much effects or is um, it? No, I, I sorry, <laughs> mostly just EQ. Yeah. Um, some effects, some yeah. stereo, like spatialization stuff. Um, effects are usually done, you know, with the hardware. Mm -hmm. um, there, I might add a couple of things if I'm lacking something, um, but it's all very, you know, no frills, kind of just very dry i don't have a bunch of plugins yeah that's so before i got into modular like almost everything was in the box because i had just shitty gear and so i did most of my effects and everything in there since going to modular and also switching from logic to cubase which i'm not a big fan of yeah um i i just don't have a handle on it so i pretty much just use compression and, and eq you yeah know, when i'm recording and it kind of I don't know. It's kind of like changed my whole approach to just like writing and, and composing and recording because I, I have to make it sound good before. Like usually, like before, I would just hit play on like a drum machine, yeah, and then go in and loop it and fuck around with it for hours yeah, with yeah. effects and stuff. But yeah, so it's definitely like reshaping how I'm approaching it. Um, so with you doing like with with your approach to recording, I imagine. Uh, it's it's not really applicable to how you approach like a live set. So do do you have like two totally different mindsets yes, with that? Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's that actually that's great news because everybody that I've asked that question to, like the last two two people I've talked to, are like, yeah, it's pretty much the same. And I'm just like, it's it's not that way. I, I, that surprises me that that. that yeah, because I when it, when it's live, it's a one off thing essentially. Mm -hmm. um, it's just too much to try to recreate something and. But then, you know, like if I'm using the modular, the the patch, I'll try to set up quite a few, you know, routes you can take. Uh-huh. Sort of enough to, you know, present something and then draw it back and then present something else. Uh-huh. And then maybe tie them all together, you know. But I also usually have other other things present like samplers or, and keyboards. Right, you know, right. Because I... You know, I'm playing less keyboards than I have ever lately, uh -huh. but I still like to to do that. Yeah, I'm having a hard time getting, like, a set that I want to, like, subject people to for more than 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> like, just on the modular. But, like, yeah. if I bring, like, my guitar along or some drum machines or, like, my Nord or something, I feel like I can definitely get some more life out of it. But Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's sort of a comfort thing. I don't know if that's good or bad for yeah. me, you know, something that you fall back on that's familiar um you know and i at some in some ways i've tried to get away from that uh-huh you know which also helps slim down my equipment that i bring anywhere you uh -huh. know it's very basic um 
but at the same time, I kind of, I'll look around and see, you know, to fill in like a passage or whatever with something like on a keyboard. Yeah. But yeah. Sometimes I bring it and I don't use it because yeah, yeah. I'm too busy like trying to, you know, run this thing. <laughs> and if I have a break, you know, I can kind of <laughs> go over here and then I'll forget what that's doing. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, so do you like basically like kind of piece your system into a couple different maybe uh voices and and effects like kind of almost break it into chunks to to get a set out of it then yeah like um i kind of it's kind of like making a song i mean you know i have like my three or four oscillators you know a bass line and a uh -huh. couple of, like melodic like counterpoint kind of parts and then like a white noise for like some rhythmic or percussive element uh -huh. if, if that's needed or whatever but and then you know more of a drone like um kind of like what's happening now yeah. behind the, <laughs> yeah. you kind of hear it um more of a drone like a evolving kind of bed it sounds kind of polyphonic but um you know that so there's like a couple of elements that can kind of intertwine or you can have individually okay so i like you know i like that it yeah gives you some material to work with yeah yeah i remember we we actually played a show together in god it was like five years ago i think oh yeah it was at the end of a tour i did and uh -huh. it was all different yeah different equipment yeah yeah i remember i remember just being totally like i mean i'd seen pictures of modular and everything i wasn't really quite sure what it was and just watching watching you play and hearing what you did with that it was kind of like i mean i had my apc 40 and i was like oh shit I got it. No, well, <laughs> it, no, it was like, um, yeah. So that it's changed a lot since then because mm -hmm. I had a sampler and then like a couple of smaller things to make you know try to make it easy uh -huh. for that t little tour I'd done. This was the summer of 2015, I think. Yeah. And then it was like right after that. Um, so yeah, it was you know kind of it was actually some songs that were like, you know, that I was performing. Okay. Like over and over, it's like older material that was sort of easy to recall, and so I would, you know, play like four kind of tunes, you know, whereas okay. I typically do one long kind of mm -hmm. evolving thing with different parts or whatever, like breaks or. That's almost like that. unheard of. Like actually, like playing the same piece, you know, like multiple times or recalling something you've recorded in yeah. modular. Like I've. Any patch I've ever made, like that's that's. Oh yeah, I don't do that in modular. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. This was before with the older equipment. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. This. this well, yeah. did you have modular? I thought you had some modular stuff. Yeah, I've been using modular about six years now. But okay. I didn't bring it out. Okay. Until about I don't know four years ago. Okay. I don't know it, why I in just, my head I I saw. Patch well, I had like a Korg of MS twenty. That's probably what. Okay, that's what and, it was. And um, yeah, that was about that and like a little. MIDI keyboard with uh -huh. a, another synth. Okay, I thought. Oh, okay. So you've been you've been doing modular for six years. All right. Yeah, about six years. Okay. Um, uh, and I, yeah, I still have the first module that the Rubicon, the first one. <laughs> nice. I had to get it repaired once, but yeah. <laughs> so, I guess that that kind of brings me to like, wh where did you start musically? Like, in what age? I'd like to get that that journey to modular. Um, oh yeah, I uh, didn't. My family there's no, there's really no musical background in my family at uh -huh. all whatsoever. I mean, you know, here and there maybe a little bit, but I just always 
felt strong a strong attraction to music and so I started taking guitar lessons when I was 13 and got into that and you know stuck with the guitar for like about 20 years yeah you know just playing and practicing and really into it and I was in a few bands with some friends and um and then in the early 90s mid 90s I got into synthesizers yeah like the old old ones because um I was listening to stuff at the time I was kind of getting out of like early 90s indie rock and kind of in, more into like stereo lab bands who were incorporating like synths uh -huh. in interesting ways and so that sort of really got me hooked on uh, equipment like that and so where i was living at the time was utah oh okay salt lake city and it was hard to find that stuff <laughs> <I bet. laughs> and so actually Probably still is <laughs> yeah i actually did find some you know old synthesizers and kind of got lucky and then my friend had a really crazy rare synth called a, a steiner parker synthicon uh-huh which were made in utah actually in the mid-70s and so we played with that and just started making crazy sounds and then i kind of it kind of took over for me and yeah you know, in a more in the interesting way so um i played in a few bands and then i moved here to seattle in 2003 okay and then i started to do music again around 2008 oh, okay like for myself uh -huh. or whatever and just to kind of get re-familiarized you know with my equipment because it had been a while uh-huh um yeah and then started getting the synths and buying more equipment and then um you know i had some friends who had like the synth synthesizer.com yeah yeah ones and like so the, the big the big like five-year five stuff yeah and i could check that stuff out and i was gonna go that route and then i just you know kind of went this route instead just for the flexibility yeah you know and so yeah it, it took a while to, to get a decent little system together yeah. for sure you know? <laughs> it's expensive it's hard yeah. to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i was telling you before we started recording i just i had to sell like all my like i, I just have a couple choice pedals and like one drum machine left but i yeah. used to i saw a picture from like a year and a half ago like facebook reminds you or whatever and the picture of my studio in my house was just like wall to wall gear and i was like oh shit i forgot about that and i forgot yeah. about that and now it's all just like for for uh for tip top happy ending kits <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i i don't know I, I would find it hard to i mean you get you definitely get you know tired of a certain framework mm -hmm. um, equipment or process but you know i i've sold some things but I've, i would have a hard time committing to you know just to say i can't use this anymore you know even though i feel that way sometimes yeah because yeah invariably i'll go back to something and use it again and love it uh-huh so yeah it may be a while um <laughs> you know my juno has been sitting in my back room for like three years now yeah. you know on the shelf <laughs> and i can't get rid of it you know i don't want to yeah yeah but i don't use it anymore mm -hmm. that's how it was oh. with my volca beats it's been mm -hmm. gathering dust and i actually brought it out today and i'm gonna i'm gonna use it for a show i'm playing pretty soon nice um yeah there was something about just getting bit by the the euro rack bug at first it was just like that's all it was just tunnel vision like, yeah that's all yeah. i wanted yeah, I, I joke that i started this show so my wife wouldn't have to 
talk to me about modular anymore. She's like, you gotta, you gotta talk to somebody else about this. Totally. Shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My wife isn't so hot about it either. Yeah, <laughs> which is understandable. Yeah, yeah. It's always I, I feel bad sometimes. We go out to like shows and then there'll be like four of us for like forty five minutes just talking about gear, and I, sometimes I'll just look over and she'll just you know kind of give me this look like. You fucking serious right now? Come yeah. On. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we joke. She she makes this joke that there's uh, like a couple of um, just like synth guys in the scene. Uh, like she's friends with their their wives, and they joke about having like the 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 synth widows club or something. Oh yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's all in, it's all in good fun. You retired to the to the cigar room and <laughs> yeah. talk about gear. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break to check out the Ataraxica Teratos again. Let's do something nice and pretty with it. So I've got pressure points and brains, giving it a nice sequence. And I'm bringing it into the dual looping delay from 4MS. Now let's mess around with some CV. Um, I've got channel 4 from the maths going into the soft fold input. And I've got a clock from the shuffling clock multiplier from 4MS, and I'm going to bring that into the uh, the shape. And then I've got um, a signal from make noise function, and that is going into the time mod. And then I wanted to try out this new angle grinder from Schlappy Engineering with it. So I'm also got a sequence going from the pressure points and brains. Tried to make like a chord sequence. And I've got some CV coming from the shuffling clock multiplier and the maths into that as well. Just for fun, let's take the clock out of brains. So I'm playing it manually right now. And bring that clock back in. Go to noiseengineering.us to find out more about the Ataraxicateritas. And go to schlappyengineering.com to learn more about the angle grinder. That's S-C-H-L-A-P-P-I-E-N-G-I-N-E-E-R-I-N-G.com. Thanks for listening. So... So did so did when you found modular was it just kind of like was it just like mind mind exploding like expanding or whatever like sure yeah. sure um, I mean honestly this kind of stuff is not very intuitive for me yeah um, but so you know it took a while to kind of get my head around everything you know right, because yeah. I used to be kind of 
a lazy knob twiddler. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, knowing the the basics, you know, is pretty simple enough. And I think, you know, once you do that, you can figure out anything. That's that's funny you say that, like, that it's, it was hard for you to get your head, your, like, head wrapped around it because, like... You you have like a really really good following. People really like the stuff that you make. Like, I've, how many how many labels have released your stuff? <laughs> oh, I don't know, I mean, a, a lot. But you know, I mean, a lot of you know smaller yeah labels and whatnot. But yeah, it's been great. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a very technical minded person by right. nature. Uh -huh. You know, um, if I pursue something, you know, I have to put a little effort into it. Just yeah, because I'm not. <laughs> it's not that natural to me, uh -huh. um, which is kind of funny to me because it's like, why do I do this to myself? You know? <laughs> but now, I mean, it's it's fine now, you know. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because I was a guitar guy. Yeah, same essentially here. Yeah. from you know the '90s, late '80s, actually, when I started twiddling around. But and so, yeah. Did you start like you started listening to kind of like bands that incorporated synth, but? Was it you? Did you kind of just find modular and then and then start kind of making more ambient, atmospheric stuff, or did you find that music and start liking it and then want to create stuff like that? Um, yeah, I, I I'm definitely a product of my influences. Yeah, you know, but I've I've always hoped that I can put things together in a, my own way. Uh huh. Yeah, and not be overly derivative or overly. Um, I don't know the word, you know, where you just like a pastiche where you just reproduce something like mm -hmm. fully, like to the point where it's absurd. Like right. Something that you <laughs> like that's old, that has a very specific sound. Um, I mean, I, I, I feel that way, you know, something moves me and you, like when you're starting out, you kind of emulate stuff. Right. Right. More. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question, though. But, um. Well, I will say that your stuff, um, it, I feel like just in the world of modular music, it's pretty easy to, there's a lot of it, and there's a, I mean, there's a lot of it that sounds like the next thing down the line. So I, mm. I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a tool that's really useful and, and expansive as expansive as anything can get but it's hard to find your own voice on it and sure. i think you 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 nailed that like i think oh, you thanks. have that and that's uh i don't know i think i think that's that's a rare thing it's like you, i hear your stuff and i'm I, I think i could pick it out of a lineup you know oh that's cool um, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean there's a certain sounds that are you know predominant with modular it seems there's like the hard experimental stuff, you know, all of this, which I like uh -huh. very much of like different ends of the spectrum, you know, from the more just conceptual, um, sound design stuff to, you know, really crazy concrete music, concrete, uh, kind of insanity to, uh -huh. to the more pristine things, you know, which are great too. But, you know, I, I kind of find myself in the middle of these, yeah. these areas cause I like, so many things and so many different um approaches you know that i think inform what i do um maybe some more than others but you know just sort of a a filter for yeah for things that you acquire you know over the years mentally <laughs> and it comes out 
however it comes out. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, so is it what? Are there any? Are there any pieces of gear? Like you mentioned the was it the Rubicon? Uh, the the yeah the yeah. oscillator. Mm-hmm. Is there is there are there any like key pieces of gear that are just absolutely necessary to your setup, or, or are you kind of like just kind of experimenting as you go, and then do they have life? Do they have shelf lives usually, or um, some some I some I find more useful than others for me that have more longevity mm-hmm. but then i look at look at it overall and i think everything is uh replaceable and to some <laughs> extent you know because yeah. of the nature of this it's so pieced pieced together that you know i like some oscillators i like you know like low pass gate you know mm-hmm. um the delay module i love um, but I'm not necessarily like I don't find necessarily any one thing to be totally vital. Uh huh. Okay. It's more of the whole picture, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For me. I th- yeah, I'm 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 starting to get that way because like like I said, I don't know if I was recording when I was talking about this, but just really trying to downsize because mm-hmm. I, I I played on somebody else's smaller system and actually had a lot of fun. Yeah. And I was starting to really like just this morning take stuff out and I was kind of lining it up like what what can I not live without and the pile that I was like I will never get rid of is is smaller than I thought it would it was smaller than it would have been yesterday to be Mm. honest like Mm. but after kind of having that experience like I kind of started thinking about it a little differently so I don't know it's it's definitely uh, that was kind of a, a a pointless tangent but no no I I I mean I yeah we, we were talking early I recently sold quite a lot and I don't feel an ounce of remorse you know mm-hmm. because I didn't you don't really need a lot of stuff unless you have the means and the room the physical space yeah and the, or you thinking must have all these things but I do think you'd do better more focused work with less yeah I mean, this isn't, you know, this is quite a, a bit, I guess, for a thing, but it's perfect. Yeah. You know, the, the the 9U, or the 12, was this, this is 12U, sorry. Yeah, 12U-104, probably. That's, yeah, I think so that's as big as I'd want four, four rows, yeah. Um, you know, and even now, I don't use everything necessarily yeah. all the time, you know. So I do swap, swap some things out. Um, some things are vital, like, you know, I have a couple of filters, usually two um I, sometimes i have up to seven oscillators <laughs> just for you know it's not necessary but um yeah i don't know i, I don't know why i do that <laughs> <laughs> well it's good to have options um, yeah and there's you know like i see you got the sto and like the plats so i feel like those those would be like totally totally awesome each one but like totally different yeah oh, yeah you know the, to- they're different animals i love the plats I feel like it's one of those modules that's kind of cheating in a way. Dude, somebody just said that last because night. Because <laughs> it's, I only use a couple of sounds. That that's kind of why I got it, you know. Plus the polyphony, the harm, harmonizing, uh-huh. you know, which is great. But um, you know, I love organ sounds, and it has great organ tone um, with lots of CV, so you can get really great evolving kind of sounds, and so. Honestly, that's all I would really use it for. I don't do a lot of the, you know, a lot of it's sort of too preset 
for me. Yeah, yeah. It's great, but um, I, I do like, you know, in terms of oscillators, to be honest, I like, I'm a sine wave guy. Yeah, me too. I like the sine waves, the whether it's muted, you know, for a bass line or like a percussive element. I tend to use sine waves the uh -huh. most. Yeah. So I don't have a, I have some with like square waves or whatever where they're more sharp, but mm -hmm. I kind of like that muted. Yeah, I almost tone. use stuff like that, like square, square stuff, almost for more percussive. Yeah, things. but yeah, I, I think that's why I like the STO, especially with that like that wave shape yeah, output. That's great. You yeah. can like dial that into a C, like a sign, but then kind of like bring it in and almost like that with a filter. It's that's pretty fun. Yeah, um, yeah, I love the STO. I was thinking about just getting like three. I know. I've, I've thought that. Yeah, because I kind of like having a uniform quality. Because now I have all different oscillators yeah <laughs> i have an old pittsburgh one i got used early on and you know it's it's great for bass mm -hmm. bass lines or whatever and i kind of keep it around for that nice i'm not really you know i mean other than that that's like all i have out there is i think but yeah well so many different brands have so many different things to offer like i feel like so like it seems like mutable and make noise are like the the two big big ones in there kind of occupy totally different spaces. Yeah. And yeah. then like I don't know. Like I just I'm still trying to wrap my head around maths, but it's it's in just about everything I do. Yeah, that that's one of the I have that's one of the first things I got the second, third. Yeah. And you know, I don't I use it quite a bit but not it's not central. Yeah. Maybe I don't know why. I mean it's it can do anything. I just you know, like I don't know. I, I definitely use it, but more ex extraneously, not really uh -huh. the focus. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just a habit. I don't know. Well, yeah, speaking of habit, that's something I was thinking about, too. Like how yesterday I'd have a different list of modules that I couldn't get rid of than today. Like that was something I was starting to look at some of these and I was like, well, I could never get rid of that. But I'm like, but how often do you use that in the same way? Like, mm -hmm. like, so if you, if you, if you like pick out 10 of my patches in a month, like how similar are they going to sound? So like, I think some things are easy to lean on. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like it's just like an ever evolving thing. Like it'll never stop. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to ask you. Know what I mean? you it's yeah. just, I think maybe you reach a point like I did where like, a few months ago where I'm comfortable with, with what I have, uh -huh. you know, and it's kind of a relief. Uh -huh. <laughs> it works for me. Um, I've been selling some things and it feels great. It's less clutter, less something to stare at <laughs> and wonder what to do with, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some things I'll you'd like to swap out maybe, but, um, you know, I've kind of found a niche, you know, that sort of works for me mm -hmm. in a sense with, with regard to this this unit itself um which is different than other like synthesizer hard you know uh -huh. fixed synthesizers like the odyssey that i just got right which is great i love it but it's you know it's very basic well, it can do a lot but it's very controlled and everything's you know has its own logic right um, right and it sounds amazing yeah i've been thinking about getting some sort of you know standalone i have a nord electro or lead two or something like mm -hmm. that um, I don't know. Maybe I haven't spent enough time with it, but I, I, I've, I don't know. It's just like you said, you'll never, you never fully get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think it's it'll, it's like that always. I mean, as long as you have, yeah, like as long as they keep making things, you know, it's always something. 
Yeah. That some some will want to aspire to 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 get or what you know. Mm-hmm. It's like an endless chase. Yeah. But I think it's good to, to sit back from that because I think you know there's there's the manufacturer end of it. Like we have to make item make things because so, we have to make money and stay uh-huh. in business. And right. then there's the creative part where. Well, you can't get every single new thing yeah. that comes out, you know, so it's a weird dichotomy of the two approaches. Like, I can't think like a manufacturer, like, oh, man, I got to get, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're making all these things new and not so new or whatever, or, you know, part two or whatever. And, <laughs> and, and you know, as a consumer and musician, you know, it's sort of, it's kind of stressful and, you know, I don't think it's necessary that to feel that way you know it's yeah. sort of destructive too <laughs> yeah and, and, and meanwhile you're not creating anything exactly yeah obsessing over that's a good it. reminder this comes up every so often on this and i like to just say to the listener like remember we get these to make music <laughs> yeah exactly absolutely <laughs> um, and i think sometimes for me the best time to get into doing that is when you're completely out of that obsessive mindset that's yeah that's a good way to look at it when you're not lusting after a particular piece of gear or pieces of gear that's when you should go to it and start sure i think you can appreciate what you have and then maybe discover something new Mm -hmm. you know or or try a new a new approach to something old and familiar maybe yeah yeah i tend to honestly go back to similar things with my equipment (laughs) and so yeah i mean occasionally you know i'll shake it up but i definitely have sort of a, a routine that I gravitate toward. I'm not really proud of it, but I kind of <laughs> just do that. Yeah. No, I, th- well, I mean, what else can you do? Like, I mean, you could, you could maybe say, I'm going to, I'm going to like re recreate my whole process, but then like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's, I think it's easy to feel like maybe like, Oh, I'm being lazy or something and I'm I'm not shaking it up enough, but like, it's it's ultimately like self-expression so yeah. you're just really expressing like what's going yeah, on i don't think you need to be revolutionary with, yeah. with every <laughs> movement you know yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> some i think some people feel that way uh-huh. you know and and i think sometimes that i don't know that might say more about a lack of something in a compensating with something else yeah yeah totally whether it's all conceptual and no heart or whatever you know no mm-hmm. anything appealing other than the concept of of something and i mean i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) i know yeah i think i I think i know what you're saying like for for me when i'm creating like i'm I'm kind of similar to what what you were talking about earlier with like i kind of just like oh this this sounds cool what can Mm -hmm. i do with this sound it's not so much like you know Oh, I've been bummed out lately, so I'm gonna make a really sad thing. You know, sure. like I I could be in the best mood ever, and then like you know, 15 minutes later, have like a really sad sounding yeah, patch, yeah, only yeah. because it sounded like really cool to me yeah, at the time. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't dictate my mood. Doesn't really dictate the like the emotional content of the music. Right. You know what I mean, like yeah. it might be coincidental, um, but yeah, it's it's more of the the feeling and the the inspiration Mm -hmm. when you sit down and not really trying to reflect 
always your your mood uh-huh. or i don't think it should reflect that right <laughs> yeah Not necessarily i well especially with, like this with this particular instrument and this kind of music i mean i mean i don't know i, th- I think obviously it, it can go the other way but just for me personally yeah it's it's more of just i want to make something that if people put on headphones and listen to it they're going to be like oh this is interesting mm-hmm. you know this is the sounds cool like sure um yeah, I don't know what that is. Like, I, I, my older stuff before I got into modular was all like very crunchy and noisy and and you know dark sounding. And people mm. were like, man, you make really dark stuff. Like, <laughs> and there, you like really bump. Like, well, I just thought it sounded cool. I don't, yeah. I didn't really realize it sounded that dark until yeah, I don't, like. I don't put <laughs> any. When people say that, you know, because I like a lot of sad sounding music, uh-huh. um, or at least dark. But I don't, you know, consider myself that way and. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think it. it yeah, like I was saying earlier, it it has to be an extension mm-hmm. of who you are, how you feel, or you know, if and if it sounds sad, it's just you know, or melancholy. It's just maybe the types of notes you like, the scale you like, you know, can yeah. reflect the, all that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like for me, I like minor, yeah, scales and mm-hmm. stuff. And so it can be that way kind of sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, shit, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to try patching some, some stuff up? Sure. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I have some envelopes here. Actually, I did, I had, I had one more question from you for you about, so when labels approach you, do you then start working on something or do you just kind of always have something in, in your back pocket and oh. they say, Hey, what do you, what, what do you got going on? Oh, and then send them this, or do they say, Hey, we're looking for something. And then you, and then you start to make it. Uh, both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll get inspired by something, you know, like a meeting or talking with somebody mm-hmm. and then get to work on something or I'll maybe I'll be working on something simultaneously and and that, that'll apply you know and so it's both yeah yeah I do have a lot of archival stuff I've been kind of working through it so not so much anymore at least not anything I think is worthwhile yeah. but <laughs> that's why I do some of the digital compilations you know just to as a kind of a journal Mm-hmm. Just to get it out there, is that what the you you I think you released something a few years ago like a yellow cover with like black lines on it. I don't remember what it's called, but I I have it. We'll have a series, a digital series called Frequency Bath, uh-huh. volumes one through five, I think now. And okay. It's just started starts way back from two thousand nine. Okay. And they sort of consecutively cover maybe two to three to four years each, you know, along okay. the way. And so the recent one, I guess I put out like nine months ago, is stuff within the last three years and it's a little different it's a little more material that's kind of more like upbeat mm-hmm. aggressive in a way right right um but which i think you know it's just another part of my creative psyche or whatever yeah you know just uh, you go that down that route you know for a while and that's fine or you go over here but i don't think you know everything has to always be one specific vision Right, yeah, I, I I'm doing that right now. I've I've got two little things that I've just called modular musings. It's like stuff that I recorded, that I'm either gonna delete. I need to free up space on the hard drive, but I think it's cool. I would like to put it out. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, but I also really would like to like make a focused album as well. But I think it's it's cool to just release 
release that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I think some things are great for that. You know, if you have an album with a label that you're working on, you know, and yeah, I mean, you might start over and just totally from the ground up, just be totally obsessive about every little detail uh -huh. and make it perfect. You know, other times they take whatever you have. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh, I remember. I remember what I was going to say. I had two more. Two more things. <laughs> One was um, so. You've been you've released stuff as Norm Chambers mm. lately, but you have Panabright, and then is it Jurgen Mueller? Is yeah. That, so, is that are those just like you like have different names for different sounds that you do, or? Yeah, I, I just like uh, the concept of having just different aliases uh -huh. because it's all, you know, in some part a way to distance yourself, the person from what you're doing, you uh -huh. know, as with like the names like the project names or the aliases you know it's it's kind of fun just to you know create this separate thing mm -hmm. you know it's all me but it might have a specific kind of angle to it that's okay. different than the other stuff like the stuff with my full name is kind of more i find that i try to keep it more conventional or you know like more kind of like with like hooks or whatever because okay. I like that kind of thing too, you uh -huh. know. And I did a soundtrack to this documentary called Graphic Means, which was like use that kind of material, sort of. It was kind of a retro-focused film, like uh -huh. about history of graphic design, you know, back from the '50s and through the '70s and '80s and whatnot. Uh -huh. So the music kind of, kind of like reflected that. Okay. And so. That was, you know, more conventional, I guess you could say. Uh huh. And music. so it's like Panabright, maybe more of the atmospheric. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't, I don't use that name anymore. Oh, okay. I'm kind of going by just my name now. Okay. I've, well, and <laughs> the N initial chambers, you know, kind of the uh -huh. that's sort of the Panabright um, trajectory. Then that's kind of what I'm using now. Okay. I mean, I can't really explain why. I just don't. Sometimes I just don't want to use it. Yeah, yeah. A I, word anymore, like a name. Uh huh. Um, and the Jurgen thing was sort of. I've done it twice, mm -hmm. and that was it. That's sort of, you know, just a fun thing that. Yeah. <laughs> fun project that came up a couple times, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up the soundtrack because that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Did Did they approach you, and then, and then like, what was the process like? Um. Well, someone who I kind of knew vaguely through music. Um, not that well, but um, just contacted me one day and said their friend was making this film and they thought my music would work well with it. Uh -huh. So I met with the director and it made sense. You know, I saw like a couple of rough cuts of the film and then the trailer. So I did music for the trailer, you know, first as a sort of intro kind of thing. That was really fun. Um, it worked pretty well. Yeah, that's and so. I made a bunch of new. So instead of scoring to the film, which I didn't do, okay, I was kind of hoping I could, but yeah, that was gonna be my question because it was edited kind of on the fly the way they were doing it, and so I would just send pieces over that okay. might, may or may not have fit what they were working on. Okay, and so eventually there was enough uh, material to kind of go with what they were showing on film, and so I ended up using some previously released stuff as well as new 
Okay. Newer material. Okay. Yeah, that's like that's something that I really want to get into is scoring. I've done some short some short films for like the forty eight hour film festival. Nice. Just like a couple really small things, but that's kind of like my my musical dream. Like sure, like, yeah, me too. Yeah. I'd love to do it more. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. Um, and that came out what like was that last year or the year a before? Year, a year and a half ago. Okay, yeah, cool. The, the tape, the cassette, just kind of came out of the blue. The director, um, she Briar Levitt is her name. She uh, is also a professor in Portland. Okay. Um, art graphic design, um, but she decided to make a few tapes so she made like a run of 50 uh-huh you know when she screen printed or uh handmade the covers herself you know because that's that's her thing her specialty okay and so yeah they're they turned out really well nice yeah and you can get that on your uh your band camp right I'm act- they're actually go- well. <laughs> well you can get them from her movie website oh okay cool, com, cool. yeah there are only 50 of them but okay i mean Maybe more later. But the digital is on your... Yeah. And is yeah. is that panabright at band, or dot bandcamp dot com? Yeah, or? yeah. Okay. Yeah, all my stuff's there. Okay, sweet. All right, well, let's uh, let's draw some... Let's have some fun. Or maybe not. I don't know. Some people... This is this is weird. Definitely. Um, oh, geez. So people send me words, and they like to show me how smart they are by sending me these words. Um, let's maybe do a different one. <laughs> Which one do you like better? I can't even say that second one. I like the first one. All right, so we'll do we'll do clumsy. <laughs> clumsy Leviathan. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like awkward, deep, deep sea sounds. Yeah. Right on. Well, I'll pause this. That's and actually my I... new handle.
Well, that was a lot of fun. I want to thank Norm for coming on the show. Uh, check out panabright.bandcamp.com to, uh, to listen to his new album, Idea Region, and all of his other awesome releases. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Noise Engineering, Recovery Effects, AI Synthesis. Um, also, I want to give some honorable mentions here. Go check out the Anna from Mystic Circuits. It's an amazing module. Um, and the Angle Grinder from Schlappy Engineering. I'm going to be I'm going to be doing some demos on that real soon. So, uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Until next week. <laughs>